Chapters 18 through 19 of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 2. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Romble. Chapter 18. Sophia was never really in ignorance or passion. Her enthymeses could not have been separated from herself, or exhibited special tendencies of its own. 1. How can it be regarded as otherwise than absurd, that they also affirm this Sophia, or wisdom, to have been involved in ignorance and degeneracy and passion? For these things are alien and contrary to wisdom, nor can they ever be qualities belonging to it. For wherever there is a want of foresight and an ignorance of the course of utility, there wisdom does not exist. Let them, therefore, no longer call this suffering Ion Sophia, but let them give up either her name or her sufferings. And let them, moreover, not call their entire pleroma spiritual, if this Ion had a place within it when she was involved in such a tumult of passion. For even a vigorous soul, not to say a spiritual substance, could not pass through any such experience. 2. And again, how could her enthymeses, going forth from her along with the passion, have become a separate existence? For enthymeses, or thought, is understood in connection with some person, and can never have an isolated existence by itself. For a bad enthymesis is destroyed and absorbed by a good one, even as a state of disease is by health. What, then, was the sort of enthymesis which preceded that of passion? It was this, to investigate the nature of the father, and to consider his greatness. But what did she afterwards become persuaded of, and so was restored to health? This, these, that the Father is incomprehensible, and that he is past finding out. It was not, then, a proper feeling that she wished to know the Father, and on this account she became passable. But when she became persuaded that he is unsearchable, she was restored to health. And even Naus himself, who was inquiring into the nature of the father, ceased, according to them, to continue his researches on learning that the father is incomprehensible. 3. How then could the enthymeses separately conceive passions, which themselves also were her affections? For affection is necessarily connected with an individual, it cannot come into being or exist apart by itself. This opinion of theirs, however, is not only untenable, but also opposed to that which was spoken by our Lord. Seek, and ye shall find. For the Lord renders his disciples perfect by their seeking after and finding the Father. But that Christ of theirs, who is above, has rendered them perfect by the fact that he has commanded the Ions not to seek after the Father, persuading them that, though they should labor hard, they would not find him. 
and they declare that they themselves are perfect, by the fact that they maintain they have found their bythos, while the ions have been made perfect through means of this, that he is unsearchable who was inquired after by them. 4. Since, therefore, the enthymesis herself could not exist separately apart from the ion, it is obvious that they bring forward still greater falsehood concerning her passion, when they further proceed to divide and separate it from her, while they declare that it was the substance of the matter. As if God were not light, and as if no word existed who could convict them and overthrow their wickedness. For it is certainly true that whatsoever the Ion thought, that she also suffered, and what she suffered that she also thought. And her enthymesis was, according to them, nothing else than the passion of one thinking how she might comprehend the incomprehensible. And thus, Enthymesis was the passion, for she was thinking of things impossible. How, then, could affection and passion be separated and set apart from the enthymesis, so as to become the substance of so vast a material creation, when enthymesis herself was the passion, and the passion enthymesis? Neither, therefore, can enthymesis apart from the ion nor the affections, apart from enthymeses, separately possess substance, and thus once more their system breaks down and is destroyed. 5. But how did it come to pass that the ion was both dissolved into her component parts and became subject to passion? She was undoubtedly of the same substance as the pleroma, but the entire pleroma was of the father. Now any substance, when brought into contact with what is of a similar nature, will not be dissolved into nothing, nor will be in danger of perishing, but will rather continue and increase, such as fire in fire, spirit in spirit, and water in water. But those which are of a contrary nature to each other do, when they meet, suffer and are changed and destroyed and in like manner if there had been a production of light it would not suffer passion or incur any danger in light like itself but would rather glow with the greater brightness and increase as the day does from the increasing brilliance of the sun for they maintain that bythos himself was the image of the father Whatever animals are alien in habits and strange to each other, or are mutually opposed in nature, fall into danger on meeting together and are destroyed, whereas, on the other hand, those who are accustomed to each other and of a harmonious disposition suffer no peril from being together in the same place, but rather secure both safety and life by such a fact. If, therefore, this ion was produced by the pleroma of the same substance as the whole of it, she could never have undergone change, since she was consorting with beings similar to and familiar with herself, a spiritual essence among those that were spiritual. For fear, terror, passion, disillusion, and such like 
may perhaps occur through the struggle of contraries among such beings as we are, who are possessed of bodies. But among spiritual beings, and those that have the light diffused among them, no such calamities can possibly happen. But these men appear to me to have endowed their Ion with the same sort of passion as belongs to that character in the comic poet Menander, who was himself deeply in love, but an object of hatred to his beloved. For those who have invented such opinions have rather had an idea and mental conception of some unhappy lover among men than of a spiritual and divine substance. 6. Moreover, to meditate how to search into the nature of the perfect Father, and to have a desire to exist within Him, and to have a comprehension of His greatness, could not entail the stain of ignorance or passion, and that upon a spiritual ion, but would rather give rise to perfection and impassibility and truth. For they do not say that even they, though they be but men, by meditating on him who was before them, and while now, as it were, comprehending the perfect, and being placed within the knowledge of him, are thus involved in a passion of perplexity, but rather attain to the knowledge and apprehension of truth. For they affirm that the Saviour said, Seek, and ye shall find, to his disciples with this view, that they should seek after him who by means of imagination has been conceived of by them as being above the maker of all, the ineffable bythus, and they desire themselves to be regarded as the perfect, because they have sought and found the perfect one, while they are still on earth. Yet they declare that that Ion who was within the Pleroma, a holy spiritual being, by seeking after the Propator, and endeavouring to find a place within his greatness, and desiring to have a comprehension of the truth of the Father, fell down into the endurance of passion, and such a passion that, unless she had met with that power who upholds all things, she would have been dissolved into the general substance of the ions, and thus come to an end of her personal existence. 7. Absurd is such presumption, and truly an opinion of men totally destitute of the truth. For, that this Ion is superior to themselves, and of greater antiquity, they themselves acknowledge, according to their own system, when they affirm that they are the fruit of the enthymesis of that Ion who suffered passion, so that this Ion is the father of their mother, that is, their own grandfather, and to them, the latter grandchildren, the search after the father brings, as they maintain, truth and perfection and establishment and deliverance from unstable matter and reconciliation to the father. But on their grandfather, this same search entailed ignorance and passion and terror and perplexity, from which disturbances they also declare that the substance of matter was formed. To say, therefore, that the search after and investigation of the perfect Father, and the desire for communion and union with Him, were things quite beneficial to them, but to an Ion, from whom they also derive their origin, 
these things were the cause of dissolution and destruction how can such assertions be otherwise viewed than as totally inconsistent foolish and irrational those too who listen to these teachers truly blind themselves while they possess blind guides justly are left to follow along with them into the gulf of ignorance which lies below them chapter nineteen absurdities of the heretics as to their own origin their opinions respecting the demiurge shown to be equally untenable and ridiculous one but what sort of talk also is this concerning their seed that it was conceived by the mother according to the configuration of those angels who wait upon the saviour shapeless without form and imperfect and that it was deposited in the demiurge without his knowledge in order that through his instrumentality it might attain to perfection and form in that soul which he had so to speak filled with seed this is to affirm in the first place that those angels who wait upon their saviour are imperfect and without figure or form if indeed that which was conceived according to their appearance was generated by any such kind of being as has been described two then in the next place as to their saying that the creator was ignorant of that deposit of seed which took place into him and again of that impartation of seed which was made by him to man their words are futile and vain and are in no way susceptible to proof for how could we have been ignorant of it if that seed had possessed any substance and peculiar properties if on the other hand it was without substance and without quality and so was really nothing then as a matter of course he was ignorant of it for those things which have a certain motion of their own and quality either of heat or swiftness or sweetness or which differ from others in brilliance do not escape the notice even of men since they mingle in the sphere of human action far less can they be hidden from god the maker of this universe with reason however is it said that their seed was not known to him since it is without any quality of general utility and without the substance requisite for any action and is in fact a pure non-entity it really seems to me that with a view to such opinions the lord expressed himself thus for every idle word that men speak they shall give account on the day of judgment for all teachers of a like character to these who fill men's ears with idle talk shall when they stand at the throne of judgment render an account for those things which they have vainly imagined and falsely uttered against the lord proceeding as they have done to such a height of audacity as to declare of themselves that on account of the substance of their seed they are acquainted with the spiritual pleroma because that man who dwells within reveals to them the true father for the animal nature required to be disciplined by means of the senses but they hold that the demiurge while receiving into himself the whole of this seed through its being deposited in him by the mother still remained utterly ignorant of all things 
and had no understanding of anything connected with the pleroma. 3. And that they are truly spiritual, inasmuch as a certain particle of the Father of the universe has been deposited in their souls, since, according to their assertions, they have souls formed of the same substance as the Demiurge himself, yet that he, although he received from the mother once for all the whole of the divine seed, and possessed it in himself, still remained of an animal nature, and had not the slightest understanding of those things which are above, which things they boast that they themselves understand, while they are still on earth, does not this crown all possible absurdity? For to imagine that the very same seed conveyed knowledge and perfection to the souls of these men, while it only gave rise to ignorance in the God who made them, is an opinion that can be held only by those utterly frantic and totally destitute of common sense. 4. Further, it is also a most absurd and groundless thing for them to say that the seed was, by being thus deposited, reduced to form and increased, and so was prepared for the reception of perfect rationality. For there will be in it an admixture of matter, that substance which they hold to have been derived from ignorance and defect. And this will prove itself more apt and useful than was the light of their father, if indeed, when born, according to the contemplation of that light, it was without form or figure, but derived from this matter form and appearance, and increase and perfection. For if that light which proceeds from the pleroma was the cause to a spiritual being that it possessed neither form nor appearance, nor its own special magnitude, while its descent to this world added all these things to it, and brought it to perfection, then a sojourn here, which they also term darkness, would seem much more efficacious and useful than was the light of their father. But how can it be regarded as other than ridiculous to affirm that their mother ran the risk of being almost extinguished in matter, and was almost on the point of being destroyed by it? Had she not then, with difficulty, stretched herself outwards, and leapt, as it were, out of herself, receiving assistance from the father, but that her seed increased in this same matter, and received a form, and was fit for the reception of perfect rationality. And this, too, while bubbling up among substances dissimilar and unfamiliar to itself, according to their own declaration, that the earthly is opposed to the spiritual, and the spiritual to the earthly. How, then, could a little particle, as they say, increase and receive shape and reach perfection in the midst of substances contrary to and unfamiliar to itself? 5. But further, and in addition to what has been said, the question occurs, did their mother, when she beheld the angels, bring forth the seed all at once, or only one by one in succession? If she brought forth the whole simultaneously and at once, that which was thus produced cannot now be of an infantile character. Its descent, therefore, into those men who now exist, 
must be superfluous. But if one by one, then she did not form her conception according to the figure of those angels whom she beheld. For contemplating them all together, and once for all, so as to conceive by them, she ought to have brought forth once for all the offspring of those from whose forms she had once for all conceived. 6. Why was it, too, that, beholding the angels along with the Saviour, she did indeed conceive their images, but not that of the Saviour, who is far more beautiful than they? Did he not please her, and did she not, on that account, conceive after his likeness? How was it, too, that the Demiurge, whom they call an animal being, having, as they maintain, his own special magnitude and figure, was produced perfect as respects his substance, while that which is spiritual, which also ought to be more effective than that which is animal, was sent forth imperfect, and he required to descend into a soul, that in it he might obtain form, and thus becoming perfect, might be rendered fit for the reception of perfect reason. If, then, he obtains form in mere earthly and animal men, he can no longer be said to be after the likeness of angels whom they call lights, but after the likeness of those men who are here below. For he will not possess, in that case, the likeness and appearance of angels, but of those souls in whom also he receives shape just as water, when poured into a vessel, takes the form of that vessel. And if on any occasion it happens to congeal in it, it will acquire the form of the vessel in which it has thus been frozen, since souls themselves possess the figure of the body in which they dwell, for they themselves have been adapted to the vessel in which they exist, as I have said before. If, then, that seed referred to is here solidified and formed into a definite shape. It will possess the figure of a man, and not the form of the angels. How is it possible, therefore, that that seed should be after images of the angels, seeing it has obtained a form after the likeness of men? Why, again, since it was of a spiritual nature, had it any need of descending into flesh? For what is carnal stands in need of that which is spiritual, if indeed it is to be saved, that in it it may be sanctified and cleared from all impurity, and that what is mortal may be swallowed up by immortality. But that which is spiritual has no need whatever of those things which are here below. For it is not we who benefit it, but it that improves us. 7. Still more manifestly is that talk of theirs concerning their seed proved to be false, and that in a way which must be evident to every one, by the fact that they declare those souls which have received seed from the mother to be superior to all others. Wherefore also they have been honored by the demiurge, and constituted princes and kings and priests. For if this were true, the high priest Caiaphas and Annas, and the rest of the chief priests, and the doctors of the law and rulers of the people, would have been the first to believe in the Lord, 
agreeing as they did with respect to that relationship, and even before them should have been Herod the king. But since neither he, nor the chief priests, nor the rulers, nor the eminent of the people turned to him in faith, but on the contrary, those who sat begging by the highway, the deaf and the blind, while he was rejected and despised by others, according to what Paul declares, For ye see your calling, brethren, that there are not many wise men among you, not many noble, not many mighty, but those things of the world which were despised hath God chosen. Such souls, therefore, were not superior to others on account of the seed deposited in them, nor on this account were they honored by the demiurge. 8. As to the point, then, that their system is weak and untenable, as well as utterly chimerical, enough has been said. For it is not needful, to use a common proverb, that one should drink up the whole ocean who wishes to learn that its water is salt. But just as in the case of a statue which is made of clay, but colored on the outside that it may be thought of to be gold, while it really is of clay, any one who takes out of it a small particle, and thus laying it open reveals the clay, will set free those who seek the truth from a false opinion. In the same way have I, by exposing not a small part only, but the several heads of their system which are of the greatest importance, shown to as many as do not wish wittingly to be led astray, what is wicked, deceitful, seductive, and pernicious, connected with the school of the Valentinians, and all those other heretics who promulgate wicked opinions respecting the demiurge, that is, the fashioner and former of this universe, and who is in fact the only true God, exhibiting, as I have done, how easily their views are overthrown. 9. For who that has any intelligence, and possesses only a small proportion of truth, can tolerate them, while they affirm that there is another God above their Creator, and that there is another Monogenes, as well as another word of God, whom also they describe as having been produced in a state of degeneracy, and another Christ, whom they assert to have been formed, along with the Holy Spirit, later than the rest of the Ions, and another Saviour, whom they say, did not proceed from the Father of all, but was a kind of joint production of those Ions who were formed in a state of degeneracy, and that he was produced of necessity on account of this very degeneracy. It is thus their opinion that, unless the Ions had been made in a state of ignorance and degeneracy, neither Christ, nor the Holy Spirit, nor Horos, nor the Saviour, nor the angels, nor their mother, nor her seed, nor the rest of the fabric of the world, would have been produced at all. But the universe would have been a desert, and destitute of the many good things which exist in it. They are therefore not only chargeable with impiety against the Creator, declaring Him the fruit of a defect, but also against Christ and the Holy Spirit, affirming that they were produced on account of that defect. And, in like manner, 
that the Saviour was produced subsequently to the existence of that defect. And who will tolerate the remainder of their vain talk, which they cunningly endeavour to accommodate to the parables, and have in this way plunged both themselves and those who give credit to them in the profoundest depths of impiety? End of Book 2, Chapters 18-19 through 19.